llama, he's supposed to be dead! Yeah, weird. Welcome back to the Basement Bench, and welcome to another episode of Animation Hall of Fame Volume 2. You probably guessed from that opening sound what movie we're talking about, and that is the always great The Emperor's New Groove. It's, this is a movie that's going to be fun to talk about, but this is going to be a shorter episode. Let's just jump right into it with the first segment, Two Cents, which is completely spoiler-free. And somehow, if you are someone who has not seen The Emperor's New Groove, take the 78 minutes and go watch it. It's hilarious with infinitely quotable lines, fantastic characters with great heart and a good message. Go see it. There's not much more to it than that. Even with spoilers, I don't really know what else to say, but it is so worth it and infinitely enjoyable and incredibly funny. For this Animation Hall of Fave, I really wanted to have a few films that I binged that were Disney classics from the early 2000s. And Emperor's New Groove was immediately one of those that came to mind because this is just one of those films that I loved from that time period. And I've watched many, many times both on VHS and then DVD for years. I really kind of debated going back and forth between Lilo and Stitch and the Emperor's New Groove eventually deciding with this because it was the first one that came to mind. And it also fits being in the animation hall of fave in ways that the past films hadn't so i thought that it would just be a fun entry that's a little bit more unique and sitting down to record this episode i felt like maybe i needed to say more that somehow i had to fill this episode up but i'm going to take a page out of the book of the emperor's new groove and not drag out what doesn't need to and that's one of the better parts of this film is that it's not trying to be something more than it is it's a ridiculous movie with a premise of about an emperor being turned into a llama And the characters are funny and the lines are hilarious. And both the edit and the pace of the film is to that end to just be a funny film that's enjoyable for the whole family as animation, particularly Disney animation of this time period, typically being aimed at kids. Yeah, the message of it is still very sincere and heartwarming and has a lot of genuineness to it. Also, because it's not dragged out and it's told through really great character growth. Cusco is a great character and one who we really enjoy seeing grow in meaningful ways. The Emperor's New Groove isn't the most remarkable or ambitious film and the animation isn't particularly noteworthy, but these lovable characters, the humor, and a quick pace make it a great time no matter the mood. It is super enjoyable. Really, go watch it on Disney+. Plus. It is a good time. It's only 7-8 minutes. Even if you've seen it before, I bet you haven't seen it in a while. Go watch it. It is funny. It is genuinely hilarious. And I'm really glad to have a film that was just a good time. Work has been particularly exhausting and it was really fun and refreshing to just plop down on the couch for 78 minutes and just have fun and simply do that and have it be well-crafted fun and and not kind of that not quite funny, but trying to be funny, funny, if you know what I mean, where it's not quite the humor, doesn't quite live up to the fun level that you would hope where this definitely does. But Like I said, I'm not going to drag this out more than needs to, so let's just keep moving on to the next segments. Super brief announcement. If you're enjoying this Animation Hall of Fave Volume 2, if you're enjoying this episode and not subscribed to The Basement Binge, definitely do that wherever you're listening. But also check out podchaser.com slash The Basement Binge. Leave a review there. It's completely free, really simple, linked below. Or you can just go to podchaser.com slash The Basement Binge. Leave a review. We'll enter you in for the giveaway that you have until the end of February 4 when Animation Hall of Fave ends. I'll be giving away a copy of one of the films that I've reviewed in addition to a $10 movie gift card. If you're interested in either of those, just go leave a review on podchaser.com. Again, link below. Let's move on with the next segment, Pick Your Poison. Pick Your Poison is the rating scale here at the Basin Binge, if you didn't know, which is all about the bingeability of the film and how I would choose to interact with it after watching it this time. Would I never watch it again? 
above that, would I stream it where it's on a service I'm paying for and I'm just browsing, looking for something to watch and I'd be willing to click on it. Above that is to rent it in the right mood. I'd pay a few dollars for it. And above that is to buy it, pay full price, watch it as much as you want, have the bonus features, that type of thing. The Emperor's New Groove is hard to rate in the pick your poison scale. It's a classic and I would watch it again and I am going to watch it again eventually, but the urge to watch it is a little bit weaker. Maybe it's just because I just watched it and also because I know it's on Disney Plus. So there's a little less incentive to invest in it financially when I know it's always going to be available. The watchability of it, though, is definitely a buy. This is a film that I would rewatch in any given moment. But like I said, the personal or financial investment of it is closer to a stream or a rent. Again, part of that's Disney Plus and just knowing that it's available, kind of breaking the rules of the segment. But confidently, this is a rent. I, I will say I will give it the rank of a rent. In the idea that if I wanted to watch this movie and I didn't have access to it, a few dollars would be worth it to see this movie because it is funny and worth the time. Additionally, maybe one day if it's on like a really good sale, it's on like $5 or $3 like some older movies are on Amazon. Maybe, maybe I would do that. You know, it's, it's, it is definitely worth a few dollars if I didn't already have access to it. So that's my poison. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's move on to the next segment, Live Up. This is where I talk about my expectations and if it was able to live up. I don't really know what to say about my expectations for Emperor's New Groove. What, what do you expect for this movie from, from Cusco, Kronk, Pacha, and Yzma? Like, will you just expect to have a good time and enjoy the characters and laugh? And that's what I did. I enjoyed the characters. I had a good time and I laughed. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything other than that. I did kind of wonder and was curious if there would be something else or something more that I would draw out of the film on rewatch in preparation for this episode, which there wasn't and there doesn't need to be. I was just curious if it would happen. So did it live up? Well, yeah, it's the Emperor's New Groove. I've watched the Emperor's New Groove many times for years now. I know what it is and I keep coming back to it because it's enjoyable. I expect a lot of it and it continually delivers on that humor and that enjoyment every time. Perfectly lived up. I mean, what, what more is there to say about the Ember's New Groove? If you've got more to say about it, I mean, send me an email or something. Hit me up on Discord or, or DM me on Instagram because maybe you've got more to say than I do. But for me, this is just a good time. So with that, let's move on to the next segment, specifically for Animation Hall of Fave, Lame, Fave, or Fame. This is without a doubt a fave. I would watch this anytime without question and I will continue to quote it and laugh at it and I am going to watch it again. 
but it isn't enough to be famous among the greats of animation that we're going to be enjoying in volume two. I've also enjoyed in the past and also will continue to enjoy. It's Disney flexing its animation production skills by simply just being good enough and complete and, and passable without pushing the envelope. They're good at what they do, and so they just went and did it. It's kind of famous among Disney history for introducing this new irreverent humor that we've never really had before, but that's more of a historical legacy than it is fame. But without doubt, this is a fave. It's, it's absolutely deserving of that, and that's why that's one of the options is because I recognize some of these films that I love aren't deserving of fame, and they don't need to be, to be a favorite. So, binge points. I do have a little bit more to say here. Not a ton, but there are more Easter eggs, details, fun trivia, those types of things. That's what binge points are. And most of them revolve around this unique history that is The Emperor's New Groove. This project was originally going to be something very different, more of a drama film with similar characters and a lot of the same characteristics and same style. It was called Kingdom of the Sun, but the project ran into a bunch of production issues and merchandise and brand partnerships prevented it from being pushed back. So eventually it it just canceled. And then most of the animation team that was working on that went over to work on Fantasia 2000. So there's just, you know, this kind of in-between period until Mark Dindal, who is the director of The Emperor's New Groove, he was co-directing Kingdom of the Sun, and he kind of came up with an idea to use some of the characters and designs in a different way, then pitch this ridiculous film that is The Emperor's New Groove, and then with this smaller team went on to make the film in about 18 months, which is relatively quickly, because that was when the release was, so they just continued. Everything else after that is a pretty straightforward as far as production is go, I mean, it was the team goofed around a lot and all the interviews and things I've read about the team involved. There was a lot of office chair races and messing around and, and just lighthearted goofiness and maybe a little bit of irresponsibility, but it ended up making a really collaborative team. That's one thing that they talk about once they stopped talking about the arm chair races that they have. They mentioned the great collaborative effort that they had, how everyone was really enjoying just making this funny film and filling it with good heart. And it, it really worked. Now, there are some fun details about the voice acting for this particular film, which are enjoyable. Patrick Warburton, who voices Kronk, I wish I could have been there seeing him act just from the way the director describes it as him having to get into a rhythm first. But once he did, just really going for it, he, he would start with the line and, and just redo the first few sentence or the first few words over and over until really finding the vibe of Kronk and then would just go crazy and complete the whole line. And just had a lot of fun making this really goofy character with a great rhythm and that spastic but but precise energy for Kronk comes across perfectly and it's really fun. David Spade, of course, he ad-libbed a ton of lines when he was voicing Cusco and a lot of them made it into the film. And then to talk about Eartha Kitt, who plays Yzma. She was originally involved in the older project, Kingdom of the Sun, and her role was a more dramatic role than Yzma, which is kind of this ridiculous diva. The, the role she had before was not this comedic and nowhere this ridiculous. So Mark, the director, talks about how he was nervous. The one part he was nervous about in production the most was trying to pitch this new character of Yzma to Eartha. He had these storyboards that they made of the scene uh, of when they go to the secret lair with the wrong lever. And so he had these storyboards up on the wall he was started to picture the scene and was reciting the lines of Yzma himself. But just four panels in, she took over for him and he continued to guide her through this, the scene with the pointing stick. But she just she just continued and recited all the lines and just went full blown into this character and you know mo- removed any of Mark's nerves that he had about it. Just totally going for this character 
and filling her with just all the ridiculousness that Yzma would need and, and turning in a great performance that is really memorable and we all love. And then if you didn't know, Sting was involved in this movie. He was also involved in Kingdom of the Sun and then came over on this movie. He wrote the song, My Funny Friend and Me, which plays over the credits. But they also wanted him to sing the opening song um, about Cusco. But he said that he was too old and they needed someone who was more hip and younger, which is funny because they ended up going with Sir Tom Jones, who's 11 years older than Sting. But whatever, it makes for a great opening song and it, it really, really is funny. And then there's all the great details in the movie. I think my favorite one is when they poison Cusco and Kronk mess up the poison so they can't drink it. Yzma throws the drink onto the cactus next to her. And unlike the plant we saw earlier in their secret layer when the poison fell on, onto it, it like exploded and just killed over dead it, with the funniest animation. The cactus changes into the shape of a llama uh, instead of dying and, you know, foretelling what happens to Cusco. Or right after that, Kronk humming his own theme song. That was made up by Patrick Warburton when he was doing the voice acting. Disney, of course, being who they are, immediately made him sign over any rights to the song he made up. The joke about Cusco having low blood sugar is actually a reference to David Spade being a diabetic, which is funny. The line, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, at the end, which was supposedly forced by the head of feature animation at the time, Thomas Schumacher. I can't find any evidence of that, but... You know, it's a fun reference nonetheless. Yzma and Kronk, the, the great moment when they beat Cusco and Pacha back to the secret lair by literally falling into a plot hole. Looking for this? No, it can't be. How did you get back here before us? Uh, uh, how did we, Kronk? Well, you got me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Oh, well, back to business. <laughs> okay, I... That is so funny to me. And then the way that the film acknowledges it, it's just, you know, no one would be really cares how they got there. What matters is that they're there. Great. Let's move on and have more fun. And it, it, it works well. It's, it's good storytelling to acknowledge that sometimes you just need to get characters in the right places and people don't really care. Let's get back to the fun story. The, the fun detail of Potch's swinging to save Cusco and the Tarzan yell happening, including the subtitles acknowledging it and saying, Tarzan yell, literally with the capitalized T, Tarzan. And then this was one other detail that I noticed because of the subtitles. The girl from Impanima, which is playing before the dinner scene happens when Kronk is lighting the candles before Cusco comes in and eventually gets poisoned, um, which is, is just funny. I mean, one, just because that's a famous song, but stretching that a little bit more, that was probably one of the f first famous Brazilian songs. And they're in Peru. I mean, the timetables definitely don't line up, but it's funny either way. Also, I just imagine that that's the type of music that Kronk listens to. When Kronk loses Cusco with him landing on the cart of Pacha, he's like, well, hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. But later he wakes up when he's sleeping with his puny tent and, and is reminded of the person with the cart and makes the connection to it being the person in the diner, which is funny. And then also extremely relatable Kronk wearing a 66 long and a 32 waist, which was just hilarious and also relatable as someone who wears a 32 waist with a 36 long. It's impossible to find pants. So I feel for your Kronk. But those are all the binge points. If you got any more, I'd love to hear them. But other than that, let's move on to least and likes. My least favorite scene and my favorite scene. So least, genuinely, I don't have one. The film, one of the best parts about it is the brisk pace without much fluff. Every scene is enjoyable because of that. It's just a lot of fun. So what's my favorite scene? It's hard to pick because there's a lot that are really great. I love the scene when Cusco and Yzma go to Pacha's house and the way that the mother and the kids interact with them. That's hilarious. 
Cusco, of course, being turned into a llama. Everything involving Yzma and and Kronk, the dinners or the diner scene, and everything that happens there. But I think the personal favorite that not this time, but the time before when I watch it got to me the most is when Cusco saves Pacha. So after they fall on the bridge and then they work together and make their way back up and the ground crumbles and Pacha almost falls and Cusco saves him by grabbing him from his poncho and saves him back. The line he mumbles afterwards is hilarious. The delivery is fantastic. The line is really clever. That's my favorite scene. Woo, yeah! Ooh, look at me and my bad self. I snatched you right out of the air. Ooh, I'm a crumbly canyon wall and I'm taking you with me. Well, not today, pal. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So with that... Let's move on to the last segment, Fall In. This is where I talk about the messages or takeaways or relatable themes from the film. And this is one thing that is going to be really, really short and really simple because that's the way that the film portrays it and delivers it, but is also very sincere. And that's the character growth of Cusco. And I think that's one reason that makes it work so well is that it's not a forced on message trying to have some incredible moral of the story but it's just a growth for a character that we all love and that growth is simply acknowledging that there's more people in the world than him and not just being respectful to other people but also enjoying being with them the the final music number of the song saying it in the lyrics the perfect world begins and ends with us Cusco, so to speak finding his family or his friends and that being the perfect world that he needs additionally i think it's really great that they don't just have him build Cusco-topia on a different hillside. That actually was originally the plan, that he was going to still build the great Cusco-topia palace thing with the water slide and everything, just on a different hillside. But Sting, who was involved in the project, like I mentioned earlier, thought that that didn't, that, that Cusco didn't learn anything just by building it on a different hillside. Instead, what we do get in the film is that he just has a little hut similar to what Pacha has. And In addition to appreciating and respecting Pacha and realizing that there are other people with their needs, there's also a level of humility that he gains in recognizing he doesn't need everything that he thought and not being as arrogant. And and that's it. And that's perfectly succinct and well told. And it's a great character arc for Cusco. And I think that's one of the reasons why we love him as a character is that he doesn't stay the bad guy. He doesn't stay that arrogant individual at the beginning. He learns and he grows and it makes that uh, relationship between him and Pacha real and worthwhile and impactful. So that's going to be the very, very brief review on The Emperor's New Groove. This was a fun movie to do. I, I Like I said, I was kind of hesitant to switch out for Lilo and Stitch, which I'm still kind of questioning what I should have because I really, really want to watch Lilo and Stitch. It's been a while, and I think that that would be a fun episode to do. Maybe I can sneak it in as a bonus episode. I don't know. I'll try to. I'm kind of busy, but The Emperor's New Groove. It is an animated film that I love. And when I think of Disney's classics, this is one of them that definitely comes to mind. And it's not necessarily because the animation or the story is some breakthrough, but just because the characters and the story and the humor is unforgettable and one that you will remember for a while. And for that reason, that is a perfect entry into the Animation Hall of Fave because this hall of whatever it is, is definitely filled with favorites. And The Emperor's New Groove, as simple as it is, is definitely a favorite. So thank you for enjoying it with me. Hopefully this episode has been fun for you as well. Coming up next, we got some other great Disney films, Atlantis and Treasure Planet, two other films that I also think of when I think of, you know, the early 2000s Disney and my love for that time period. And then after that, the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. If you have thoughts about any of those movies, I would love to hear them. You can comment on literally any Instagram post 
or there's a link below a letterbox list which you can go to with all of the films planned for Animation Hall of Fave 2. I'd love to hear your thoughts about any of them coming up. That is all linked below in addition to podchaser.com slash the basement binge so that you can leave a review, enter yourself the giveaway for Animation Hall of Fave. All that is linked below. So once again, in case you didn't hear me say it the last 20 times, this has been the Animation Hall of Fave Volume 2 here at the Basement Binge. My name is Harrison, and that's all for now. Ciao, ciao. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.